fan. As far back as I could remember, I always wanted to be a gangster. Wow, what's that fun? And that's a fact. Shall we begin? Thank you, and early Happy New Year to you. And uh, congratulations to you, Bob Woods, Darby Hendrickson, Brett McLean, and Frederick Shabbat on the uh, contract extensions into the Winter Classic and into the 2022. That's big news. Not uh, not that it was running you down or anything, but uh, but it's nice to get something like that done. And uh, good morning. It is. Uh, happy holidays to uh, everybody there and all the listeners, obviously. And I'll include uh, Jonas Plum and uh, Taylor Jindra, our video guys as well, um, were extended. So, yeah, we're uh, we're extremely happy as a staff. I mean, we, uh, we think we've uh, uh, got a real good group. I, I know we have a real good group. I know we, uh, uh, you know, we know what we're doing in here. We're, we're, we work extremely hard and um as uh, as as you know and a lot of people have always said i mean yes i might have a the head coach title but obviously we lean on each other um and we coach uh, as a team we expect our group in the dressing room to play as a team um unselfish trust your teammates um we do the same thing in our coaches room so yeah we're very excited and and very thankful from uh you know Craig Leopold and and uh and obviously uh Billy Guerin for giving us this opportunity to continue to work forward uh with our great franchise delegating responsibility um is something you've shared nine to noon with me uh, during all of our interviews where you know you're 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 the head coach but but as you mentioned all the way down to the video guys you know people are good at what they do and they're in those positions because because you, you want them there so therefore you, you don't have to do everything you have no problem delegating responsibility and and letting your uh, coaching teammates come through 
Exactly, and that's you know what I mentioned is that we we ask our guys to trust their teammates, and and that means changing properly. That means trusting that the guy next to you is going to get the job done, trusting that he's going to have your back, and and uh, and and trust that he's going to help you in different adverse situations. We do the exact same thing in our coaches' room. Um, you know, yeah, sure, we have our job descriptions. We we know what we're doing. We have our roles, um, and we you know we all have that responsibility, but that doesn't mean that that we can't uh you know dispute something from somewhere else or or something that uh someone else wants to do and we don't want just people obviously being you know yes people and and i particularly want people to to challenge um everybody uh challenge myself uh when we talk about a decision that's being made that uh, that we want our organization our group to play um on the ice or any organization it's it's uh, done um, with all the group's input, and uh, I hope and I know that our group, our coaches feel uh, uh, responsible. They feel, uh, you know, entitled to, to, to speak when uh, when they feel that they uh, um, something warrants uh, to be talked about. So, um, really happy with our, our entire staff. From from Valentine's Day 2020 to where we are now, uh, that there's been there's been a certain degree of success. I mean, there there have been uh, the records good. The team's competitive, and and this this clearly seems to be the best of the uh, couple of teams that you've had, uh, at least at this stage. But Dean, did do you ever sit back and wonder, like when you won't be on, on the COVID sweat? You know, when when maybe you can settle into a season. You got fans back now, but settle into a season and just deal like with off ice problems or injuries, and you know, not waking up to a text message wondering if you're going to have Jonas Brodeen or not. Yeah, no, it's a good point. I, I mean, yeah, uh, like we see it. Obviously, we're in the public eye, so people are seeing our our situations. But it's it's the entire world, right? I mean, everybody's, um, you know, uh, on pins and needles and testing and uh, you know, uh, mask and worried about this and that. And you know, we're trying to go about our business, as you know. We're trying to stay as safe as we possibly can. And uh, um, as we've seen throughout, not only the sporting world but the world in general, that uh, that this thing can affect in in so many different ways so um it'll be nice sure i mean uh, you know to get past this to get through this to have a, a hockey season um to have a, a season period um without covid would be an extremely wonderful thing yeah, but with uh with, with the the nhl um altering the protocol uh, the protocols of late do, do, does that give brodeen a puncher's chance to play saturday night yeah, we're sure hoping. I know Billy spoke to the league. I know John Worley is uh, speaking to the medical people to find that out. Um, we've obviously punched in the numbers and, and feel that if it is, uh, you know, the five-day uh, period, he should be able to come out tomorrow night and be able to play for us. But, uh, um, you know, if that works out, obviously that would be uh, extremely wonderful. If it doesn't, we're, uh, you know, we're prepared and, uh, and, and ready to go forward. But uh, to have uh, Broads back in our lineup would be a big boost to all of us. It's um, uh, The entire conversation is unfortunate, but we're all used to it, like you said. But o- overall, at, le- at least my perception on the outside, Dean, is is top to bottom. Uh, you, you guys have done a good job with, with handling um, a COVID and, and trying to not get bit and stuff like that and, and have your full complement, don't you think? Yeah, and I think John Worley obviously is our leader, um, our, our medical trainer, and he, he he just does a fantastic job of, of educating us 
communicating to us um, how we have to go about things. And, um, yeah, I think we've done a great job. Now, having said that, have we had cases? Sure. I mean, everybody's going to have cases. But um, I think from top to bottom, our organization, led by him, has done the best that we possibly can to uh, to avoid, uh, you know, any huge outbreaks. The, the Winter Classic and the night and the outdoors is nostalgic, no doubt. But, I mean... You're, you're new money or not, you're, you're going to be standing there for two hours and change. What what what's the chilliest you ever have played or coached in? You'd have to ask my mother, um, because when I lived in uh, Thompson, Manitoba, um, as you know, I was born in Flint Fawn, but Thompson is even more north than that. Um, when I was a kid, uh, I'm sure there was colder days, um, and we didn't care, uh, you know. But that's playing, and that's a kid. Uh, now a soft adult, um, I'm I'm cold all the time, um, so it's going to be a struggle. Uh, but uh, apparently we have heaters. We're going to get over yes. there obviously tomorrow and um, see the situation. And uh, you know, uh, I guess there's heaters on the bench, so we'll be fine. I I, I hope we give uh, the fans plenty to cheer about so that they can stay warm up there as well. So you got heaters for your feet. Do I have what? Heaters for your feet during oh the game. Oh, boy. I, well, I'm contemplating. We're all contemplating putting those hot things in, uh, in yeah. the bottom of our shoes and stuff. So we'll, we'll, we'll work through it. We've, uh, we've got some gear and, and all of that that uh, um, we'll layer up with. But uh, we'll be fine. We're looking forward to the game. It's going to be exciting. The, the players can't, they can't wear gloves underneath their gloves, right? Like, like I heard Lou Nanny um, on KFAN the other day, and he was talking about the gloves being significantly smaller than when he he played or when he was a GM where they used to wear like thin leather gloves underneath the gloves. That ain't the case anymore, right? I have no idea, to be honest with you. I can't imagine that would be very good if a guy got into a fight. That would be uh, that would be a little different. But um, I, I honestly don't know the rules there. But uh, you know what? what? Once the players get going and what we've heard in the past, and I've been part of one in, in Pittsburgh where it actually was cool, but it rained. Um, and, and the guys were, you know, cold, but, uh, but not, uh, not freezing like it's going to be in a couple of nights. But I think once you get going, um, as a player, you're going to keep, uh, you're going to keep yourself warm and we'll try to keep everybody going. And that's what we like to do anyway. Play four lines, six D. We'll get everybody in, involved and going and, uh, um, hopefully We'll all stay warm. You 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 pronounce TJ's last name Jindra, right? Correct. Yeah. So Dean Evison, Bob Woods, Darby Hendrickson, Brett McLean, Frederick Shabbat, Jonas Plum, and uh, TJ Jindra, all with uh, Dean's staff. Jonas and TJ being part of video. They got contract extensions last night or this morning, and uh, Dean is nice enough to join nine to noon. A couple of days in front of the Winter Classic, the Blues. They 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 look kind of in and out at least over the last couple of weeks. What what challenge do they pose? Well, plenty of challenges, and obviously they had a real good game last night. Um, you know that uh, that we've already had looks at the clips. We haven't watched the entire thing yet, but uh, but they're they, they they've got. I mean, they're not far removed from winning the Stanley Cup, right? So um, a lot of the same people are involved with their organization and on their team, and um, you know they present challenges in 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 all areas of the game. So um, you know, for us to have success tomorrow night, we're going to have to obviously bring our A game. Do um do do you guys anticipate? Uh, any problems with Canadian rules getting to Ottawa after the Winter Classic? Yeah, um, you know we've we've been up there and, and gone through a, a little bit, obviously, uh, you know, a, a couple times already. And um, yeah, I, I, Andrew uh, Andrew Height, our 
Uh, Whitey, our team service guy, is just uh, obviously he's got a lot on his plate with the Winter Classic, and then uh, add the you know the travel schedule uh, up to Canada. It's a it's a little overwhelming, I'm sure, for him, but he does a tremendous job. And um, I think our guys, I know our guys have done a great job of just adapting and and uh, rolling with the punches of whatever is presented itself to us. We've done a good job of putting it to the side when the pucks drop. We play hard, and we expect to do that not only in a couple of nights here uh, in the outdoor game but uh moving forward canada or the united states on the road hey dino without uh with zuccarello what what are some consistency traits you know you won't have to think twice about with him well, it's just his uh, his ability to, uh, to, to to pass the puck. Um, that's his his greatest asset. When he moves his feet, um, separates from people. Um, he has a, a, an ability that's uh, unlike um, uh, a lot of people uh, in our game. You know, uh, Gretzky comes to mind, obviously, um, where he finds people, he sees passes, he sees plays before um, they present themselves, and um, he has that ability, obviously. Um, Kirill Kaprizov has uh, been a benefactor from that. Um, and But what he's brought to the table this year is a leadership quality, a work ethic quality that uh, that, that has led in, in all areas um, of, of his game and, and obviously has helped us have success here so far. Hey, Dean, uh, lastly, uh, we haven't chatted in a couple of weeks. What uh, what was happening during the losing streak to, to the pause that, that you guys feel – now uh, you have a handle on into Saturday. Well, there's a lot of different things. I mean, if if you look back on it, obviously we don't like to look back too often. And uh, but you need to learn from your uh, your mistakes and and uh, and and grow from them. Uh, and you know, one of the things is we we lost a few really close hockey games. Um, but the the area that we were concerned about most was our turnovers and our uh, not team aspect to our game. And that's not who we are. Um, the last game that we played, we got. When we pulled the goalie with nine minutes left, we didn't change properly. That, that to us is a selfish uh, trait that we don't normally see from our group. One-on-one play, turnovers, trying to beat people between their skates and all that kind of stuff. We don't usually do that, and we were doing that. So um, we've had a nice opportunity to get some practice time, get pace, get touches, um, but really reemphasize who the Minnesota Wild are and how we want to play the game going forward. Uh, congratulations. Job well done. Uh, best of luck in the Winter Classic and uh, at Ottawa. And uh, we will chat next week. Thank you very much for the time. Thanks, PA. Appreciate it. Yep, see you, bud. Dean Evison, coach of the uh, coach of the Minnesota Wild. Uh, once again, Dean and his staff all the way uh, through the video, guys. Contract extensions announced uh, this morning by the Minnesota Wild. And uh, very nice of the Wild to... Uh, to amplify nine to noon with the head coach right out of the gate. Congratulations, boys. Hell yes! TimberTech, TimberTech.com. Uh, thank you very much for What's on Deck Nine to Noon, which includes around the corner, the dagger. Wayne Larravee, play by play voice for the Green Bay Packers. Uh, he will uh, aid us in previewing Border Battle One, Two, Three. Nacho Lieber's on the radio show today. Some Philadelphia Eagles intel at 11 o'clock. I happen to be excited for that. And uh, the final segment uh, before we depart is the action segment where we go to touting. Nordo produces, and I'm Paul Allen from the 651 Carpet Studio. Good morning. This is 9 to Noon. Up. Programming on the fan brought to you in part by Cars for Kids.
Adams and Aaron Jones on the left side. Three receivers right. Third and five at the 11 of Cleveland. Rodgers stands alone in the gun. And the snap. Throws right side. Making the catch. Lazard diving. Pylon. Touchdown. And there it is. Number 443. The historic milestone in an iconic career for a legendary franchise. Aaron Rodgers, the most prolific touchdown passer in Green Bay Packers history. Wayne Larravee, WTMJ Packers Radio. Hey, Dagger. What's going on, Wayne Larravee? Paul Allen. Hey, how you doing, Paul? Early Happy New Year to you, buddy. Late uh, Merry Christmas. Uh, Wayne Larravee, play-by-play voice for the Green Bay Packers. Uh, what an iconic moment that was with uh, with Wayne and, uh, excuse me, with Aaron. And uh, then Brett Favre on the video screen during the Browns game. Aaron being accepting of it. That um, uh, that That seemed to be a wonderful moment. Yeah, it really was. Um, you know, and, and it was one that they got done kind of early in the ball game, which was nice uh, to get that milestone uh, taken care of, so that it didn't have any kind of impact in the rest of the game. But uh, no, it was great, and it's been such an honor, Paul, to call every uh, play of Aaron Rodgers' NFL career. It's been the highlight of a career, my career. How about that, Wayne? I mean, from from Favre into Rodgers, you're calling the games on the radio. Larry McCarron, your analyst. I mean, I mean, what a treat to not be on the not be on the uh, the the sweat with backup quarterbacks week after week. You know? Yeah. Well, you know, I've seen that part of it <laughs> in Kansas City and Chicago, so I know it well. But it's been a while. Uh, here, it's it's incredible. I don't think anything like this will ever happen again. Where you get. Two of these kinds of Hall of Fame quarterbacks back to back for like over the course of, for the most part, 30 years. Um, are you ready for the doozy Sunday night dagger? Uh, Vikings and Green Bay. These, uh, these border battles. I mean, we're, we're seven and eight. Packers are, are in search of that one seed, but, but these games, and I would imagine for you, the, uh, the games against the Bears, they, they just have an extra feel to them. Oh, they do. And the, but the problem is we're in the COVID era and these are COVID games and we, we don't know almost until the last second who's going to be playing, who's going to be up, uh, that type of thing. I don't know about your spotting boards, but mine are just an absolute mess. And I've decided not to even go to print with them until, uh, until maybe Sunday morning because you just don't know who's going to show up. It's been very strange, but, um, no, they're always special. These games with the, uh, the Vikings and the Bears, they're just great rivalry games. When we played the Bears on Monday Night Football a couple of weeks ago, uh, due to having to make those alterations to the game-calling depth chart, I now know more about D. Virgin, who I don't think even played, than I ever thought I would know in my life. I mean, it's just it, 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 because you, you get, you know, it's day of game, and then you get the elevations and stuff like that, and you're just crossing out and trying to get, uh, you know, the longest reception, longest run, uh, defensive touchdowns, things like that on the fly. It's uh, certainly first-world problems, but nevertheless, you got to do it. Yeah, oh, no, absolutely. And you know what? The It's better than the alternative of not playing the game at all. Wayne Larravee, a longtime play-by-play voice for the Green Bay Packers. Vikings and Packers, 720 on KFAN Sunday night. If um, if Mercedes Lewis can't make the game, um, how will that? How does that impact the offense? Well, you know, I mean, I, Paul, it's a double-edged sword. I mean, it does have it has impact in the passing game a little bit. But more where they need Mercedes Lewis is in the running game and, and holding the edge 
uh, getting people around the corner, that kind of thing. He's such a great blocker. Uh, it's an understated portion of the duties of a tight end, but it's really when you have one of those guys who can make such a difference in the running game, um, you know, it, that that's really his role. Josiah DeGuara might get more passes if Mercedes can't play, uh, you know, his way, and, and he's kind of trying to replace Robert Tunyon, not quite the athlete Tunyon is, but um, nonetheless, he's being utilized in many of the same ways in the offense. Beat uh, beat the Vikings and beat the Lions and get a week off and never leave Lambeau. That has to excite you, right, Dagger? Well, you would think, but you know what? The same thing happened last year, and it didn't quite get it done in the NFC Championship game, but um, you know, I, I think that home field this year might be even more important than it was a year ago with the uh, crowds and that type of thing. And um, you know, it, it'll be interesting to see how it all breaks down. But the team that's I think most dangerous right now, I don't know how you feel, but Dallas is probably playing the best of anybody in the NFC right now. Yeah, the the I mean, if Green Bay had to go to Dallas on that fast surface, you know, I I, I would give Green Bay a big chance to win the game, but. You know, Dallas just always has had that house of cards feel to it. But with the way Gregory and Lawrence are rushing and and Micah Parsons, the way they hit on that kid, you know, if, if those three guys are playing the way they're playing now with Diggs on the backside, yeah, they, they have a legitimate chance to go to the Super Bowl. I'm with you on that. Yeah, no, no doubt about it. And again, home field makes a big difference, I, I think. But um, uh, still, uh, Paul, you know, it's really football in the playoffs, especially I really don't think it's where you play or who you play. It's when you play them. Yeah. And are you playing better than they are that day? And and I don't think home – you know, I've seen – I saw the Packers run the table on the road in the playoffs. I saw Tampa Bay do it last year. So, um, you know, yeah, you'd love to have home field. You'd love to have that bye. Uh, but it doesn't guarantee you you're going to get to the Super Bowl. Wayne, I've, I've said this um, here on the 9 to Noon radio show, maybe during game calls when talking about the Packers, but th- this individual Packers team, it's the toughest out I've seen in my 20 years calling Vikings football. I mean, it, it's when I say toughest out, think about, um, now granted they lose at U.S. Bank Stadium, but then you got that you got that Ravens game and you got the Browns game. And no, no matter the offensive line or COVID or who's in or who's out, of course, you have the quarterback, but LaFleur's just done a wonderful job galvanizing this group, no matter the distraction. You know, you're exactly right, Paul. They focus very well. They've had, uh, in LaFleur's three years, uh, just a couple of games, just a handful of games, two or three games where they really just didn't show up for whatever reason. But aside from that, uh, you know, yeah, they'll lose, but they'll fight you all the way and, and, uh, They've been very resilient, especially this year with the injuries they've had, especially with the shuffling on the offensive line. The quarterback has been spectacular the last two years. And, um, you know, the wide receiver, Devontae Adams, it's probably the best, you know, combination of passer to receiver I've seen, um, that for teams that I've called games for in my career, you know, that's, that's how good they've been. So, you know, yeah, I mean, this is a tough out. You're right. And, and they will battle you all the way. Russell Douglas, I remember when he played for the Eagles, Wayne. I mean, he, he was okay. He was good. He wasn't great. What, what 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 has clicked so well with those five interceptions? He has a couple of pick sixes. Russell Douglas is like an all-pro this year. Yeah, he has been. And, and Devondre Campbell's the other guy who's played at a Pro Bowl level they picked up off the street in June, you know, uh, in, 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 in middle linebacker. So, yeah, you know, I, I, I think with Rasul, and I think, Paul, in pro sports, a lot of times you've got to find the right system 
uh, a coach who has confidence in you, that type of thing uh, to really excel. And maybe that's what it is. He's found this system. Uh, they play a little more zone on the back end. Uh, Rasul studies hard, like you know, almost like a Charles Woodson. Um, these interceptions aren't happenstance for the most part. He's reading the quarterback. He's reading his keys, uh, that type of thing. Maybe this defense just fits him better than what they were running in Philadelphia and elsewhere. How's the field these days, uh, Mr. Dagger? Is it truly the frozen tundra? <laughs> well, we like to say it is, and it might be by Sunday night if they take the tarp off early enough, but it's been in good shape, Paul. Surprisingly, uh, you know, it can get kind of slick as uh, fields up north do at this time of year and, uh, you know, and a little unstable, but this field has been magnificent the last couple of home games. It really has. Now, you know, Wayne, the farther the Green Bay Packers go, the longer it keeps you from skiing in Colorado. I mean, have you, <laughs> have you in the off season and doing what you like to do? You have considered that, right? Yeah. Well, you know, it's always uh, it's always the rub, but I will take the uh, extra football games if I can get them. Let me put it that way. Happy, the snow will be there in March. <laughs> Happy New Year, my friend, and I'll um, I'll see you Sunday night. I'll stop by and say hi. All the best, Paul. Uh, Happy New Year to you and your listeners. See you, bud. Wayne Larrabee, play-by-play voice for the Green Bay Packers. And there is your dagger! Time now for the Vikings Report on The Fan, presented by Pilot Games. Vikings assistant coach Paul Gunther joins PA after this from Pilot Games. Hey, Paul, what's different about wide receivers Cooper Cup and Devontae Adams? Um, they're very similar as far as how the offenses use them, all different spots. The lineup in the slot, lineup outside, lineup in the backfield some, uh, but different kind of players. Cooper is more of a, uh, an option style runner working off of leverage where Devontae is more of a guy that's a downfield vertical threat. This has been the Vikings Report with Paul Allen. Nine to noon returns after this on KFAN. Yeah! the Vikings. And the silence you hear is Lambeau Field. Well, that's certainly what we hope uh, when uh, your Minnesota Vikings travel to Green Bay, Wisconsin for the penultimate game of the 2021 season. Vikings and Green Bay Packers. 5.30 for the pregame on KFAN. 7.20 for the boom. In the silence you hear is Lambeau Field. There is no Friday football feast at Buffalo Wild Wings Plymouth tomorrow. No Friday football feast at Buffalo Wild Wings Plymouth. So, uh... Uh, TC Head Cheese, the Sultan of Smug, will be joining us today to preview that game. And uh, at this moment, we are trying to get, quote, lopsided at Lambo, end quote. Lopsided at Lambo. Yeah. Hell yeah. Let's win big for just the second time this season. Let's make it lopsided at Lambo. PA. The season's on the line. Here it is. Paging Josh Metellus. Jordan Berry with ah. his third punch, averaging 53 and a half with one touchback and one inside the 20. It's a fake punch, and it goes to Troy Dye, who goes to Kane Wongu, and he's fast. Gets around the right side, 35-40. Kane Wongu runs the Minnesota Vikings to a first down to the 42-yard line. It is a run of seven yards by Kane Wongu, who came to Baltimore, brought all the charm, and is stealing the show. Huh, fake punt. 
Why does that play into the border battle this weekend at Lambeau Field? Lopsided, though. The season's on the line. We can talk about tiebreakers and Saints and upsets and all of this and playoff scenarios. In the end, the toughest part of the equation is going to be the Vikings beating the Packers at Lambeau this weekend. All the tricks have to come out of the bag. When you are a 7-8 and eight team and you have lost as many close games as you have, what you've done clearly is not working. So going out of body, and in this particular case with a fake punt, now in particular with Lambeau, this is not unprecedented. The Vikings have to punt because they should be leading 6-0 if Bridgewater just could have closed on a deep one to Jarek. Well, you just you have to have a short memory in this league, and it doesn't mean you can't get that look again. And if you see it again, you got to go deep. But what a nice throw to Jarek McKinnon. You know, Teddy's completion percentage on third down has been very, very good. It's just not converting him in a fake, fake punt, punt. Ball. Right to Thielen, heads to the far side. He's to the 50. He's to the Packers 40. To the 30. Angles to the right to the 25. Taken down at the 20. A fake punt snap to Adam Thielen. Scorches Green Bay for 43. And it's a first down Vikings. Hell yeah. Vikings had to settle for a field goal on that drive. And you're going to hear that uh, aforementioned Jarek McKinnon play momentarily. But here's the key, PA. Yeah. Kene Wongu, or Wongwu did it earlier this year, got the first down at Baltimore. Thielen has done it. Andrew Sandeo has done it. They're never going to see it coming with Josh Metellus. Yes! Josh, you're not going to start at safety for the Vikings anytime soon. And I hate to say it, you're not the next hitman. You might not be the next Madhu Williams or Jamarcus Sanford, but you kick ass on special teams and you can make your mark. Ficken, Ryan Ficken, special teams coordinator, wants to bounce back after allowing a punt score to Brandon Powell and the Rams on Sunday. He was here, by the way, for all the Thielen and Sandejo work. He's been trained in trickery, playing a field position game, punting six times, conceding time of possession. Those are all ingredients. In a recipe for being losers. We don't want that this weekend. Season's on the line. Run a fake punt with Josh Metellus. Now I want to transition. You heard it. This is from the same drive in a 2015 winner takes the division game at Lambeau Field. And they did get the playoff according to everybody. The, the pass was deflected. And Vikings are NFC North champions on Lambeau Field. Can we dust off a couple of plays in the back of the playbook, Mr. Kubiak? Here we go. Peterson out, McKinnon in. Wide receiver to the right. Bridgewater out of the shotgun, first and ten. Takes the snap. He's going to go to McKinnon. Right side incomplete. Oh, and McKinnon had the linebacker Jake Ryan scorched. And Teddy overthrew him. It's second and ten. Matt, you can't leave any points on the board. We just talked about a touchdown on the opening drive, Paul, and that would have been it. Jarek McKinnon, one-on-one on Jake Ryan's smart decision. McKinnon had a beat by five yards, and Teddy just let go of it a little too early and overthrew him. I want to dream weave for a moment, PA. By the way, you, you've spearheaded this and talked about this a few times. I mean, now we're, this is nearly six years ago now. They practiced that play all week. I had you so excited for that play on Friday. Couldn't wait. For a game. Was that Sunday night? That was a night game, yeah. Yeah, I had you so excited for that play. on. I mean, Norv Turner was convinced 96.5% of the time 
when you flex a back to that spot and you get that Michigan linebacker who can't cover, you get him into that spot singled up, and Jake was really, really struggling in pass coverage. The game's up to that. It's going to be a touchdown. I mean, it's not going to be a first down. It's going to be a long-ass touchdown. And here it is, third play of the game, I believe. And I see McKinnon head out right. Ryan tracks him. They motion somebody to the left, so the safety shaded a little bit that way inside the hash marks. Yeah. I'm there. You're here. We're, I mean, you're, you couldn't have been any more excited when you saw that lineup. I had seen it in practice all week, and then it worked. Yeah. And then Teddy overthrew him. Oh, come on, Teddy. Oh, my God. I'll never forget that moment as long as I live, though. I got out of my chair oh. when I saw McKinnon oh. out of the huddle breaking near side on your TV screen going you, left to right. You were the most elite football mind in your covenant. I mean, you're you're watching the game and sipping bourbon with Isaac. And then you say, <laughs> you know, it'd be really cool here to flex McKinnon outright, try to get him solo with uh, Jake Ryan. Then the safety shades the other way because you put a tight end in motion to the left. Look at that safety inside the hash marks. That's going to be a single for McKinnon. Come on, Teddy. And then it happens, and Isaac is like, you're Don Coriel. I mean, you're Newt Rockney. You're the most elite football mind with whom I've ever had bourbon. I'm a soothsayer. There's no doubt about it. So in this 2021 incarnation... How about Devondre Campbell trying to cover Ken A. Wongu? I'm tired of watching other teams executing quote-unquote gotcha plays. And I know it's Clint Kubiak's first year. I mean, think about like learning the nuance, the game flow. We, we can talk about all of the things that he's had to learn throughout his first season. As an aside from this, and I'm glad you brought it up because I forgot to say it yesterday, the West Virginia Mountaineers were so ill-prepared for that bowl game that when the Anikstead cat lined up to hold the extra point, they didn't know that wasn't their regular holder. Right. That, I mean, PJ, you pulled off a gotcha play for that too uh, after the first touchdown. That was as good as I've seen all year. They had no idea a different guy was taking that snap, though. Correct. And so with Kubiak, throw all of the previous 15 games out the window. We get it. It's your first year. But if you don't have just a couple of tricks in your back pocket, pulling a scarf out, maybe a card trick, a rabbit out of a hat, every OC, every football fan that has ever watched the game, lived the game, loved the game, has drawn up something weird in the dirt. It is time to get weird, Clint. It's time to shake off the mediocrity at times, the, the massive lulls over the course of games, Red zone, lack of aggression, if you're hearing it from number 18. All of those things, public animosity aside, get weird, get unique, get tricky on Sunday night. That, for me, is what it comes down to when we're talking about lopsided at Lambeau. You want to have a little fun on Sunday night and uh, bring in 2022 with some positivity. Not only bring it in with some positivity, but bring it in with some creativity. Like, you remember when the Minnesota Vikings drafted Brian O'Neill in the second round from Pitt? He's speedy. You have the, the zone scheme concept, copyright Gary Kubiak. But some things we heard about Brian O'Neill one of the best right tackles in the NFL, included his athleticism and ability as an offensive lineman to score touchdowns. Nathan Peterman back the other way to a lineman. Brian O'Neal, number 
70 down the sideline, and O'Neal goes to the end zone for Pitt. This is what you call the old shuck screen. Use another word in that category, but oh shucks in this category, meaning defensively you say, oh shucks, that's my guy. It was like a 30-yard touchdown. Are PA. you kidding me? It wasn't a plunge? He outran linebackers to the corner. Clint, what are we doing here? We need more Gary, of it. Kevin, Kevin, I don't care if you call him. If you are Associated Press Coach of the Year 2020, what are we doing here with Brian O'Neill and this all this running ability? Yeah, here's another one just for fun. It's first and goal. Henderson in motion. They fake it and then give it to the offensive lineman. O'Neal, touchdown. That's awesome. Well, Brian O'Neill now has caught a touchdown pass, and he's run for six. He's one of the most athletic offensive linemen, and this time Pitt hit him with an unbalanced look. How many six-foot-six, 300-pound guys That's awesome. move as well as he does? Brian O'Neill. That's awesome. Wow, he's tearing down the sideline on a 30-piece. Yeah. Damn. All right, Brian had a couple of touchdowns uh, with the Pitt Panthers. You just heard them both, uh, courtesy of Mad Producer. Anybody ever hear of Daniel Falele? Well, that's the right tackle for P.J. Fleck. And in the bowl game, when they tried to get lopsided at Lambeau and have a little fun and get creative and with some trickery, uh, he was the up back in the eye. He was the C.J. Ham for P.J.'s offense. They gave it to him like they need to give to Brian O'Neill and just stop, stop losing to the Lions and stop freaking out over Kenny Clark, all right? Instead of trying to move Clark, why don't you just run through him with Brian O'Neill? Let's put Brian O'Neill as the up back in the eye on a whatever in goal from the two or inside, and let's plunge ahead with Brian O'Neill. Lopsided at Lambeau. It's possible. We just heard it twice with the Pitt Panthers and Nathan Peterman. Daniel Falele with that touchdown. Let's run through Kenny Clark with Brian O'Neill. Speaking of uh, trickery and special teams, Metellus, Wong Wu, Thielen at Lambeau Field, according to everybody. I mean, plays like that have worked through the annals of time. Now, Johnny Hecker, the punter for the L.A. Rams, he's the most prolific passing punter in the history of the NFL. He's thrown it 23 times, 14 completions, 186 yards, and a touchdown. But he also holds for extra points and field goals, and he's thrown out of that too. Something we haven't done since 2007. And Ryan Longwell could have won it with a 52-yard field goal and hit the left upright. It would have been good from 60. By golly, he's going to try a 52-yard field goal here. Right hash. 42-10 Vikings. Colin Leffler, the long snapper, snaps it to Chris Cluey. It's a fake! And Cluey tosses it to Jeff Dugan! And Jeff Dugan runs inside the 10 for some 27-yard trickery. First and goal, Vikings. Yeah, and, and if you don't think that that you know, Detroit victory from earlier this season has left a sour taste in the mouth of the players and the coaching staff here, well, then you're wrong. There's absolutely no doubt that Childress saw something, and he, you know, he wants to come out here and make a statement. Wow. And, and that's the neat thing about the NFL. It's amazing. Who pissed off Brad Childress with the Detroit Lions? <laughs> you're winning by 32 points and you fake a field goal? Holy cow.
But that's the last time the Minnesota Vikings have faked a field goal. 2007, Cluey Dugan, a 27-piece to make it first in goal. I mean, it's something to consider. They're not super easy. Jordan Berry, our punter and holder, he has zero passes in 106 <laughs> National Football League games. I mean, we were at Pittsburgh game two, 2017. Ryan oh. Quigley tried to throw one of the worst passes in the history of passing. I th- it was Blake Bell. It was the, definitely Blake Bell. Yeah, left side, the beef eating tight end. We couldn't close on him. We lost the game. Was 07 the last time we were beating a team 42 10? Oh, my God. Yeah, no, they're, no, 2016 Indianapolis. Oh, no, that's right. They were beating us like that after Swoop got oh. Greenway back left. So we haven't faked a field goal trying to get lopsided at Lambeau since 2007. What about a fake field goal touchdown? Believe it or not, it's happened through the annals of time. Longwell, two of three on field goal attempts. His only attempt he missed today was blocked by Julius Peppers, who has three sacks. This will be a 34-yard field goal attempt, trailing by seven, left hash. Three points for the Vikings if they get it due to a botched punt. Oh, it's a fake field goal. Cluey tosses it to to, uh, Longwell, who dumps it to Owens inside the 10. Touchdown! What a great play! We are an extra point from being tied! (laughs) What can you say about that? Other than the fact that that play, Longwell just threw it out just to a wide open Richard Owens on that right-hand side. They just caught Carolina napping. Leffler snapped to Cluey. He tossed it to Longwell with his right hand. Longwell dumped it right to Richard Owens who bulldogged his way past Julius Peppers into the end zone. Here's the extra point. Snap spot. Tie game. Paul Ferraro was the special teams coordinator for the Minnesota Vikings in 06. And he came to the Vikings from the Carolina Panthers. That's good work. I mean, <laughs> you know you, you know them well. You know their smell. You know their tendencies. You know their towels. So you fake a field goal on them with Cluey flipping it to Longwell. Then he goes to Richard Owens. And Owens goes into the end zone 2006 against the Carolina Kitties. That's the last time the Minnesota Vikings have scored a touchdown on a fake field goal. Maybe until this weekend. Because to get to 8-8... Eight and eight, and to dagger a beast, which you already have done once this year. If you can beat the Green Bay Packers once, you can beat them twice, which would be three consecutive. And Lambeau Field would be, it would be U.S. Bank Stadium East because we would have won twice there. But you got, you got to get a little sideways. You got to get a little goofy. You got to get a little creative and lopsided at Lambeau, man. This team is good. The devil's wind is blowing through the Green Bay Packers and players are dropping left and right. But it doesn't matter. They have the quarterback and they have the wide receiver. The best way to beat them is to get creative and get a little lopsided at Lambeau. We got tricks, we got treats, and hopefully we have a victory for Minnesota Vikings fans on Sunday night. Nacho Lieber, Ben Lieber, former linebacker for the Minnesota Vikings, courtesy of Douglas and Todd. He joins us to chat football around the corner at KFAN. Lopsided at Lambeau.